Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Right back at it on the fan inside the 8 o'clock hour. Hello, how are you? Passing the time. January 10th, Wednesday. I'm in here watching St. John's in the Garden. Come on, Johnny's. Go New York, go New York, go. I mean, if the Mets are doing what they're doing, we're waiting on the Yankees to do something, I guess we got to switch to hoops. But during the break, I saw the information I was looking for last night, right? We saw yesterday that Japanese pitcher Shata Imanaga signed with the Cubs. And um, last night I was talking about, you know, Craig Council and the Cubs. And, okay, now they're making moves, and I expect them to re-sign Cody Bellinger and Shata Imanaga agrees to a four-year deal worth $53 million. This guy is not the prize. This guy is not Yamamoto. And uh, he's getting you know $13.5 million a year for four years. So another name comes off the board in this slow snail pace of MLB free agency. It is no frenzy. And uh, we'll see who's next to fall. But... There are not that many arms available. Something else that I said last night about the Mets and their approach to this offseason, trying to, you know, kind of, I guess, pacify the Met fan and calm the Met fan down, is this was never billed as a big offseason to go hunting for free agents. The prize was Otani, and then Yamamoto emerged, and there's a couple other names and guys, um, like Sonny Gray. We, we forgot Sonny Gray was available. He got claimed up quick. Uh, Aaron Nola... This was never billed as a big um, offseason for free agency. There's a couple arms left, a couple bats left. So maybe the Mets are gearing up for next year or the year after. But honestly, I think they're gearing up for their young talent to not be blocked, for their young talent to come up. But yeah, Shata Imanaga with the uh, Chicago Cubs signs four years, $53 million. They are throwing money at Japanese pitchers who are usually – projects have an adjustment period and take some time to adjust to uh, major league baseball meanwhile marcus stroman is out there who pitched for the cubs last year and trevor bauer and we'll, we'll get to those conversations a little later on tom is in beth page what's up tom you're on the fan hey Keith, how are you good 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 what you got two points on actually what you were just talking about 
You know, I want to preface this by saying that I'm not a Trevor Bauer guy, so I don't want him either. But you, you were wrong about Stroman on, on the Elon Musk machine because uh, he is very thin-skinned. He's not, he doesn't have Keith McPherson as a social manager blocking people. He's, he personally blocks people. I've seen, it, I've seen it myself. If you say anything negative about him, I'm saying in a conversation with him, not, not it's, Mar- it's Marcus Stroman He's got too people. much time on his hands to be physically blocking, you know, like to go to someone's page block them and and there's hundreds of us that can show you that badge of uh marcus stroman blocked you so i don't know i just i, I always picture these athletes of, of, of having like agencies and social media managers but hey if you've seen it then i'll take your word for it yeah my, my point is, is that whether it's bauer or stroman i don't really want either one but which leads me to point two is that i do think that there's four premium free agents left on the market and obviously you know the name snell bellinger Josh Hader, Montgomery. Let me tell you, if Uncle Stevie woke up and just said, "You know what, Stearns, you're still Uncle, you're you're still King Stearns," but I just I just have an itch, and I'm going to sign Blake Snell, and I'm going to sign Jordan Montgomery. That gives the Mets the best rotation in the National League. Automatically makes them maybe not World Series contenders, but definitely NLCS contenders. So I'm just saying, at, at any moment, things can switch on a dime. You, do you think there's a part of him that is is scared off a bit from going the Max Scherzer route, the Verlander route, the last couple of years, and maybe he's just like, you know, that didn't work. I'm paying these guys; it didn't work out, and I don't want to, you know, because when you mentioned Snell and Montgomery, they're they're not looking for short term deals; they're looking for long term deals and big money, and that would be right, a mistake. But, correct, but 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 th- there's no reason that. Scherzer and Verlander would have scared him because those weren't long-term deals. Those were short-term deals. Yeah, but he's still paying them. So maybe he's just like, let's not throw more money out to guys like that when I'm still paying these guys. And I don't know. I really think he's just well, listening he's, he's to bar- Stern. He's, he's, barely play- he's, ba- he's, only pay- he's barely playing them, and they're off the books after this year. Those were, those were two-year contracts, Scherzer and Verlander. They'll be gone by the end of this so, year. So as then, far as, as far- the logic behind signing Sean Manaya for two years and Harrison Bader – one year is maybe in the next couple years. I, I got to go look at who the free agents are next year. Maybe there's some some arms next year. Maybe there's some prospects that they want to be the guys. Well, that would be my point, though, is that if in, if they stay the course in 24 and don't give the long-term contracts and then say in 25 we're ready to go for World Series. But but your boys, if, if your boys don't sign Hayter, Montgomery, Snell, or Cody they're, Bellinger, I'm going to add him in there. If they, if, they don't, if they don't sign any one of those four, they're not going to be World Series contenders. Maybe Snell because he's got a relationship with Judge. Judge could kind of tap Hal on the shoulder like, hey, uh, you know, if – but I think it's I think Snell is going to be – it's going to be a long time. I think he's going to play out for another month. Uh, and I don't expect them to bring back Monty. Monty has expressed that he he still has some animosity. So why go backwards? Uh, they have belief in uh, Jonathan Loizaga and Clay Holmes and um, other guys in their bullpen where they're not going to pay Josh Hader. I don't believe Jordan Hicks might be a possibility for the Yankees. Bellinger, no way. There's there's nowhere for Bellinger to play, and they're not going to give him the money that he's going to command. Keith, let me the last question before before I let you go, and thank you for taking my call. But you're a great MLB guy, and I just I gotta ask you what what is your opinion on why we're now into the NFL playoffs soon and 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 those four guys that we're talking about still have they're not even when you Google their updates they're not even close to being signed yeah, those four it's players just Major League Baseball when they when we locked out and they had the uh, whole CBA and all those conversations they should have put a hard deadline on the free agency but they're never gonna do that and when I say everything's a competition. I mean, teams are competing. They're talking to different agents. These agents are competing. They're trying to get the money up, the number up. 
and teams are, you know, seeing if they can uh, get, like, first of all, there's there's some teams that are not even in the discussion. That's the thing about baseball, right? There's some teams that are penny pitching. There's there's teams that are not even thinking about paying a Montgomery or a Snell, and then the teams with the money to do it, they waited out. They they waited out to see, all right, is this guy going to sign I, with the Angels? I, is this guy going to sign with the the Mets, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox? I just, like, yeah, I just think that you're also being a little hard, too hard on Uncle Stevie saying that this is the end of him being. King Cohen. No, no, I don't no, think no. I'm not the... saying it's the end. When you're a billionaire, there's no end to like what you can do. I'm saying that this is a complete day and night philosophy change now that it's David Stearns as the president of baseball operations and not Cohen working with Billy Epler. Where I think Cohen working with Billy Epler, he's the one saying, hey, Carlos Correa is coming available. I think we should make that move. Where if David Stearns was there, David Stearns would say, I don't even think we bother. Yeah, but I, I don't think that with David Stearns it's going to be all cheese curds and beer for the next three years. I think eventually Stearns will be like, hey, I like this guy, I like this guy. <laughs> well, cheese curds and beer was just a joke from like when you go to Miller Park, there's plenty of cheese curds and beer in there. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, you're the man. I, I, Keith, you're, you're the best hired WFAN in the last 20 years. I've been listening for 30 years, and you're a breath of fresh air. I, I, I love what you do on the station. Thanks, Tom. You guys are way too nice to me. I appreciate it, though. I'm here for you. and. Uh, if, if you say so, thanks. 877-337-6666. I don't know. I just like sports. I like to talk sports. I went to school, got a radio degree. Nobody was checking for me. I was, I was actually online. I, I find there's so many young people now on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter reaching out to me like, how do I intern for your show? I'm like, I don't have any interns. How do I get in to WFN? I'm like, I have no idea, bro. I'm like, and I'm not just trying to like, and I, I answer everybody, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to just like throw you off. I don't know how these interns get in here. And when these interns get in here, I don't deal with them. I'm the nighttime guy. There's no interns here at night. They're here during the day, the midday, the afternoon. And I don't know, check Indeed, check Odyssey. But I'm like, hey, you want to come work for me? I'll show you the way. I had zero internships in college. And I spent five years in college. I was putting this out there the other day, especially with Aaron Rodgers talking about uh, or Jimmy Kimmel talking about community college or junior college, especially with football. A lot of football players go to JUCO route or the community college route. I played football. And when I was at James Madison University, I just didn't want to keep going through what what's called hell day and conditioning and waking up to run the stairs at five in the morning. I'm like, I'm out. So when I said I'm out, I, I literally dropped out in the spring semester where I, I wasn't able to transfer anywhere. I came home. I went to Brookdale Community College, got some more credits, transferred my credits to Monmouth University. And uh, I'm happy how everything turned out. There's nothing wrong with going to community college or JUCO. Everybody's path is different. I don't judge anybody. There's a lot of people with four-year degrees from universities where they didn't learn a damn thing. There's a lot of people with degrees that went to school for something like and they're not they're doing some opposite. So um what I'm saying is to the young guys listening out there that like admire me and, and wanna like I'll I'll give you game for free. You know, help me do some stuff. I barely sleep. I got a baby. You know, my wife is always telling me sleep. I'm like, how am I supposed to sleep? Just the thought of him like not breathing or choking or not being all right at night. Like when I come home late at night, I'm up because I'm looking at the nanny cam. I'm looking at the baby cam. And then the son comes up and he's screaming and he needs a bottle and you got to go to work too. So I barely am sleeping. I'm like, if you guys want to work, come work for me. I'll put you to work. I got plenty of stuff that I wish I could be doing that I can't get to. But again, I, I appreciate everybody that has been so kind on the phone, on the internet and whatnot. And uh, for you young boys, you can do it too. It took me a while. 
what you're seeing, like when I graduated, I was not ready for WFA and nobody was checking for me, you know? And when I say nobody was checking for me, I applied to so many jobs. I, I can't tell you the amount of cover letters and submissions and, and, and LinkedIn messages and DMs. I spent begging people for opportunities, bro. It's part of it, guys. You're going to grow up. You're going to go through it. I remember being so mad. Everywhere wanted three to five years of experience. I'm like, how am I? I, I, I can't get three to five years of experience if I can't get a job. James is in Monroe. What's up, James? You're on the fan. What's up, Keith? How are you tonight? Good, good. You know, five hour KM to AM, back at it again. Yeah, I got you, bro. It's like spinning the wheel. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Glad to be Listen, here. Uh, I want to talk about these damn Mets of mine. Yes. I'm telling you. Um, you know what? I, I understand what Stevie has done by bringing in this new president, you know, uh, because all the wild, wild west things that were done, you know, with all the big money being tossed around and they got nothing for it. And, you know, he's kind of like, well, I got to go a different route because what I did there didn't work. And maybe by doing it a little smarter, maybe it'll work. I understand that the Mets are in a big market, and you just can't shut that down. You still have to spend some. You know, you just can't be, like you said, a Milwaukee breed where you're, you're putting chips on the table. you got to put some caviar with it, right. you know. And, yeah. and you know what, the Mets, um, you're going to be in a bad situation, and I hope it doesn't play out the way I think it's going to. But honestly, I think the Mets have no intentions of keeping Alonso, and you know what? I like Pete. You know, Pete has been a genuine Met. He's been good for the team. Yeah, what's always... not to like? I don't understand the whole thing. I don't care. I don't care if it's kicking the can down the line for these prospects to come up. You lock Pete Alonso up. They're, like Pete That's Alonso's right. are not readily available. They literally are not that easy to just find. And the guy loves New York. I, I've gone on about Pete and how he's an ambassador Look for at the his Mets. Numbers. Look yeah, at his numbers. I, I, I've watched I mean, him nobody... his whole career. Nobody gives you those numbers. Like you said, how are you going to replace a guy who hits 40 to 50 homers? Stern's how philosophy do you doesn't a guy include a guy like that. Plus, He's smarter 100 than plus us. RBIs. I, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty like, basic. I like a guy that, that can just hit the ball out of the ballpark like that. Like, that's hey. right. But they gave Lindor all this money. Stern's right? didn't. Look at the money they gave Lindor. Stern's didn't give him that plus. money. Stearns didn't and give Nimmo well, that money. He didn't give Martin yeah. that money. He didn't give McNeil yeah. that money. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, like, exactly my point. The point is that, you know what, the, there's mentalities, there's risk in everything that you do. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The Mets are going to lose Alonzo. Okay, and Alonzo's going to light up the league. And I'm telling you, he's going to have a great year this year. He's just going to. I just, yeah, I hope he reason, stays healthy, and I and I hope that this time around, if, if guys throw at him, they go they go fight on his behalf. Thanks for the call, James. Nah, and you know, I, like everybody in baseball respects Pete Alonso, and I talk about how I've been to the last like four All Star games. He is Mister Met at the All Star game. I've been to his parties. I've been to the home run derby. Like he is the guy with the Met hat on and the Met jersey. How do you not? Like I don't care if you're David Stern, Steve Cohen. How do you not make that a priority? especially when you have the money. I've talked about how Pete Alonso has watched everybody come into his clubhouse and hit the Mega Millions. But he's the leader of the team. He's the guy that's been there before, during, and after. Jake is out in Brooklyn next up on the fan. Go for it, Jake. Hey, how are you, Keith? Love the show. Thanks, man. I'm good watching uh, St. John's. 
Yeah, so first of all, what you said earlier about Buck can't agree more. Like, first of all, people are comparing the guy to Bruce Bochy. He's the he's one of the baseball geniuses that we got to have in the clubhouse. That's one thing I would like to tell you. Mm-hmm. And two, with Pete Alonso, the guy just nailed it. I mean, imagine Pete Alonso was a free agent. Wouldn't Steve Cohn be giving him the biggest offer? Why? Because you think you have him in the bag, and he wants to be on the match, so you're going to play him smart. You know what? Why does he need this? He sees we're not doing anything in the offseason. Yeah. He'll get a lot of money. And, and not to cut you off, Jake, but the theory of, oh, all Scott Boris's guys test free agency – you, but if you if you give him an offer, if he does actually want to stay here and you give him an offer, he Scott Boris works for him. He could tell Scott, no, I'm good with this. I don't need to test free agency because there's nowhere I'd rather be. Yeah, people make the agent like he's the player. I mean, the player can decide what he wants with the agent. But, I mean, if he was a free agent, wouldn't we be giving him a Yamamoto offer 10 years? I mean, like, why, why are we playing around for, right. for big... Peter Alonso sitting here and, and, and seeing the numbers you offered Yamamoto. He's like, what about me? <laughs> We're talking billions. We're talking Steve Cohn here. We're not talking about the Will Ponds. Come on, why are you, why are you, why are you a bunch of pennies we're playing with here? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. Um, I've, I've had to pay attention to the Mets more than I have ever in my life the last three years, so this whole Steve Cohen era, and I'm just like, you know what it is? Steve Cohen is a businessman. He's hired a ton of people. And he's smart, right? So he knows that he doesn't know everything. He came into this as a fan, and I think he thought he knew more than he did. And he, I think he thought the power of the dollar could do more than it did. Now he's 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 waved the white flag. He's submitted, and he's looking to just say, hey, you know, David Stern, you're the guy. I, I hired you to do this. I trust you to do this. I'm not going to stand in your way. Uh, it, it's, it's your show to run now. And I'm sure he's done that in other parts of his business, hired people to do um, work for them, and he's patient, and, and it, it took time, and, you know, he got his money back, and it paid dividends, so I think he's applying that to the Mets now. Yeah, Keith, one more question before you let me go here. What do you, to switch to football, who do you think is going to be the Super Bowl champion this year? I, I want to say the Ravens, but that's like a two, like I, like the Ravens have failed in the playoffs so much, and you know something's going to happen. Um, this is This is the team that right now scares me the most, that I just think like like they've already been playing like this, and I don't think they're actually going to win it. But the Buffalo Bills have won every single week just to get in the dance. And when you have that sense of urgency, when you're already playing like that, when when you have that quarterback that can take over a game, I mean, if they get hot in the AFC, the Chiefs are down this year. Uh, you know, the Browns are really not, like, I don't know, like the Texans have a rookie coach, rookie quarter. The playoffs are a different animal, man. And for years they've been saying Josh Allen and the Bills are, are Super Bowl favorites. And, you know, uh, Stephon Diggs and, and Allen, like they know they don't have more opportunities. McDermott knows they don't have more opportunities. Joe Brady has been awesome for them getting the opportunity to be offensive coordinator. If the Bills get hot, I think they can get there. And, and you know, Josh Allen is a gunslinger. He's going to turn the ball over, but he's also going to run that thing on you. He's also going to get in the red zone and throw it to his two tight ends, to his receivers. Like, the Bills scare me the most out of any team that I think can just get hot and go all the way to the Super Bowl. But it should be, and I've been saying this for almost two months, 49ers, Ravens. They have the two most complete teams. Yeah, thank you so much, Keith. Thanks for the call, Jake. Let's keep it rocking. Let's keep it rolling. Rocky in North Brunswick on the fan in New York. Oh, hey, Keith. How are you? I'm good. You know, hanging out, taking calls, watching some hoops. <laughs> I want to agree, but first of all, with the other caller said that you're a breath of fresh air. It's great. I love listening to you. You and uh, Danielle McCartney are the, are the two my two favorite hosts. Cool. Shout out to DMAC. DMAC, KMAC, CMAC. CMAC coming up next. <laughs> DMAC filling in yeah, on the holidays. Love it. 
I, I have a couple things for you, if you don't mind. Um, I'm a Raiders fan, I know, unfortunately, but where do you think Jim Harbaugh is going to wind up, and do you think he has a shot to get on the Raiders? No, I think it's I think it's um the Chargers. I just like he's he he coached at uh University of San Diego. He's got connections with the Chargers. Like why wouldn't yeah. you want to go to LA? Uh Justin Herbert's there. They got a top pick. Like I I've thought it was the Chargers for a while. Maybe the Raiders because it seems like the Raiders, you know, they're not completely sold on Antonio Pierce and they shouldn't be. Good job or whatever, but like you know, you don't you don't just say okay, yeah, we're gonna like a good job for the season, but you don't just say hey, this is the guy for the future. Um, you take a hard look at at Harbaugh. I just think that 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 Chargers job is so attractive. If Bill Belichick doesn't in there, why win Harbaugh? Take all the money in the world to go there. Um, they're interviewing people. I know they just interviewed Kellen Moore. I feel like the Chargers job is the most attractive. There's no way in hell he wants to go coach the Commanders, or yeah. uh, I don't think he wants to go to to Atlanta and be with the Falcons. You've got a good quarterback there. You got a high pick there. You got good weather there. You got a brand new stadium there. The NFL headquarters out there. Like the Chargers make a ton of sense. I can't disagree with that, unfortunately, but it is what it is. I just wanted to say real quick, you said about being a, a bit about being a dad. My son is 26 years old, and he never slept ever. Now I can't get him out of bed. But <laughs> cherish this, cherish this time, Keith. All, all folks like me tell you. Now it's 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 awful. You're not sleeping, but before you know it, you'll be wishing for these days again. And I'm sure everybody's told you this. This has grown children. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I, I, I told I told my wife today. My wife's like, "You gotta sleep." I'm like, "No, I don't. I gotta sleep a little bit here and there. <laughs> I, I drink energy drinks. I drink coffee, and I naturally just have adrenaline and energy. And like I said to her, I'm like, I'd rather know my son is good. I'd rather like I don't. I'm not. I'm like, you think I'm sleeping? I'm lightly sleeping. I I'm listening to him. Like. I, I I would not be able to live with myself if something happened to him, you know? No, God forbid. Don't even, don't even talk like that. Don't but like, that's, that what, that's what's literally in my, like, that's why I'm not, I haven't slept in this nine months. <laughs> I'm making sure my, my, my boy son, is good. My, my son slept, in, um, like, quote-unquote, like a baby until he got his four-month-old shots, whatever you get at four months. Then every night between 2.50 and 3.10, screaming, and my wife would say, Oh, I know. I'm sleeping. I don't hear him. Can you get him? I say, you're talking to me. You don't hear him. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But it's the best time. There's nothing, there's nothing I, better than this. I'm it's enjoying it. It is It is the best thing in my life. Thank you for the call, Rocky. 877-337-6666. We got to take a break and go get Anthony Wrecker, KM to AM and Friends. Returns right after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay, here we go. Keith McPherson on the fan cam to AM joining me right now. Former Met, 
MLB Network correspondent, just a good guy and a good dad. It's Anthony Recker. What up, Rec? What up, Keith? How you doing, man? Great. Thanks for making the time. Thanks for, uh, you know, responding to my text. Thanks for being down to talk about some stuff. I'm going to throw you a curveball first off. Okay. Remember last year when you said uh, something that got obviously taken just out of context in terms about Alec Manoa? And I remember because yep. I was actually watching the full show, but Twitter got a clip and some quotes and ran with it, and it became a whole thing about, uh, you know, Manoa's weight and all this other nonsense, but that wasn't what you were you were actually saying. And uh, Marcus Stroman popped up in that conversation, and I, I jumped in the conversation as well because I know Twitter is, is fake. It's just a you know place for people to, you know, say mm-hmm. anything and do anything. And I was like, Rick, mm-hmm. you need some help? You need some help cooking these boys? I got your back. But you address Stroh professionally and Alec Manoa professionally. And, uh, you know, can we go back to that time? Did you end up talking to those, talking to those guys offline? Like, how did that all get res- resolved? Yeah, yeah, I ended up talking to Alec. Um, we we text uh, a few times back and forth. Um, you know, it, it was just something that I, I I told him, like, you know, let's just bury it. It's not worth all this crap that's going on um you know it's not something that uh, i think it was taken a little bit differently than than it was meant it was meant as you know i need to see more from you and i need to see if you can last and you know uh, that's i think that's something that you say about most pitchers and unfortunately it you know it got spun a different way and that's fine it is what it is um you know but he he handled it for the most part you know um you know and, and accepted uh you know what i was trying to say to him and and we you know we moved on we buried the hatchet as far as Stro never uh, never addressed it with him. I never heard back from him after I you know messaged him. So um, you know you just kind of leave it at that. If uh, if you don't have the professional courtesy to to respond, then you just don't respond. You just pop off and and walk away. Then then that's what you do. So it is what it is. Yeah. So the thing about Stro is he's a he's Twitter fingers. He's a keyboard warrior and he loves to block people. So I I actually had to tweet. You were professional. You're like I'm not interested in Twitter battles or spreading hate. My words for Alec on TV weren't indicative of how I feel about him or what I truly was trying to say. I made a mistake. I would love to get in touch with him to personally solve this. No need to make it worse. Uh, Stro is an interesting cat. Have you ever met him in person? Have you ever dealt with him in person? I don't think so. No, I've never dealt with him in person. Uh, obviously, covering the Mets a couple of years ago with SNY, um, you know, had to had to cover him, but never got a chance to like you know interview him, talk to him, um, you know, none of that stuff. I, I appreciate some of the things that he does as far as um, you know his workouts, the way he goes about his business. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's certainly some things that obviously I, I don't necessarily agree with. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure if we had the opportunity, I would be more than down to, to talk to him and, and, you know, talk about pitching, talk about baseball, talk about the shoe brand, whatever, like, doesn't matter, but, um, you know, haven't had that, that opportunity yet. No. Yeah. The, the past is in the past. And like I say, Twitter is not real life. It is a digital platform and a space where people can be what they want and say what they want. And they're not the same outside, but I actually did meet Marcus Stroman, uh, briefly in 2014 at the MLB fan cave. Uh, him and Kevin Gosman came there as two young AL East pitchers when Gosman was with the Orioles and yep. uh, Stro was with the Blue Jays. And they were both so young. He was quiet. He was humble. And he's he's a small guy. And his whole brand is um, height don't measure heart. And what I feel like is, you know, his height is one thing. But, man, as he got bigger and got the bag and got more notoriety, 
uh, his heart, man, he just started to, like, I don't know, just turn into a different character. He was quiet as kept in the fan cave, very humble. But I think he started to really get opinionated and, and, and fight people. But, you know, I think that's part of growing up. I also think that's part of just, you know, being defensive. I don't want to say he's got a Napoleon complex, but kind of does. I think now, though, with the conversation shifting to him potentially joining the Yankees, all the stuff that he had to say on Twitter with Yankee fans or whatever, I don't think that matters. I want to talk about him as a pitcher. I want to talk about him last year pitching for the Cubs. I thought he pitched well in the beginning of the season. He was, you know, getting talked about as an all-star. Um, the Black Aces is is the group of uh, black starting pitchers, specifically African-Americans. And I've gone back and forth with people about, like, Dominicans or Cubans or whatever. I'm a specifically yeah. African-American pitchers that have won 20 games. I've been rooting for Stroh to be the, the next guy in that, and I think he still has it in him. I think he can. What do you think about him as a pitcher, and do you think he can help the New York Yankees? I think he absolutely can help the Yankees. Um, I mean, if you look at his profile, he's a ground ball guy, right? I mean, his, his K rate at times in his career has gone up a little bit, um, you know, with the implementation of a splitter or a split changeup at times, you know, it's helped him a lot. But that sinker, splitty, slider, um, you know, he can mix in some other stuff. I, I like his repertoire in that stadium. Um, you know, he's obviously done it in that, in that division before. So he's pitched in all those places. He's comfortable. He's been around this league for a really long time. Um, he's got a lot to offer as far as, and a lot of things to like about him as far as the way he goes about his business and the way he pitches just flat out. I mean, the dude can absolutely get you out. And that's the name of the game. It's not about striking everybody out. It's not about, um, you know, being the flashiest guy, which at times he can be, um, which is fine, but, when it all comes down to it is, can you get outs? Can you get me through six innings? Can you get me through seven innings? Can you, you know, supply innings, quality innings? And I, he can. He absolutely can. He's got to keep, um, you know, his mind on the field, I think, a little bit more often. Right. He's got to be able to focus. Is that going to be easy to do in in, in Yankee Stadium, in pinstripes, um, on the biggest stage? I mean, he was a Met, which is obviously a big stage, um, and it, it, it didn't. It worked out at times, and at times it didn't. Um, and we saw that again last year in Chicago, a couple of years in Chicago. There's really, really good highs and, and really bad lows. I mean, last year's second half was was awful, um, and I think he would he would flat out admit that. I, I would imagine so. Um, you know, so I, it's one of those things where I think the amount of innings he can give you, and the fact that they can be, you know, quality to high quality. You're talking about a guy who who should be able to post a, a three five. I would say would be like my minimum expectation. Um, I, I, I would hope he wouldn't post a four. Um, if you could do that on this team and, and post those innings where you might have a guy like Rodam where you don't know what you're going to get again this year, um, you know, and do that behind Cole, I think that's huge. And I think that would be a great addition for this team. Yeah, I'm all for it. I, I've been on record this whole week saying I'm all for it, even in the beginning when they said it was rumors and that, you know, he was interested and then it came out that the Yankees were also interested I think that Stroman is someone they should pursue more so than a Trevor Bauer. Now, Trevor Bauer was actually sitting right here in the studio where I'm sitting right now. Um, last Friday, he had an interview with BT and Sal, our, our midday show, and it was a great interview. It was an hour long, and he spoke so much. And, and what I really took away from it, and I understand it right now, there's a lot of people saying, oh, you guys are enabling him or you're giving him a platform. He's this, he's that. But, like, listen, this is a guy that is obviously trying to get back into baseball. 
And when I listen to him talk about baseball, he is a pitching savant, a baseball savant. You can tell he loves the game. And I think he's going to help a team. I think he's going to be able to pitch. He's a competitor. He said in here that he thinks he's one of the top 15 pitchers in the world right now coming from the Bay Stars in Japan. He thinks he's still one of the 15 best guys. What do you think about Bauer? Have you ever interacted with him? Have you ever been around him? Absolutely. Um, I was in spring training with the Cleveland Indians at the time, um, 2016. And uh, so I got to I got to know Trevor actually pretty well. Um he is like myself, a Duke fan, Duke basketball fan. So you know, Duke, there were times. I, I was a Duke basketball training. fan. I, I've kind What's of. That? I, I was. I grew up a Duke basketball fan. Okay. From, from Hurley to uh, you know Redick and those guys, but yep. I, I've kind of faded off. But I still know uh, this. Well, I, that's, that's where we, you know, like spring training. That's a lot of. Uh, that's that time of year, right? Like the, the yeah. March Madness basketball season's winding down. You got the. March Madness starts during spring training. We actually did a huge, um, you know, type of uh, pool that I had never done before when I was with the, that that Indian team, um, where we like got to pick. Uh, I forget how we split up into like eight teams, and obviously at the time there were sixty four, or maybe there were sixty eight, but we we picked sixty four. So we got to pick eight teams each out of the our eighteen. Like like we made a team of players. So Brantley kind of recruited me. I was with him and, and a couple other guys. I don't know if Bauer was in that or not, but we talked a lot of college basketball. And so, like, we kind of hit it off there. So I, I talked to, to Trev a lot. Um, then I've, I've interacted with him, um, or I had since, um, you know, especially when a lot of the stuff was going on in the players' union and they were having issues with the collective bargaining agreement. He was a guy that was very outspoken, so I was talking to him about what was going on and trying to figure out his point of view, other points of view. I knew people that were, you know, a part of the – um, uh, the players' association, and that were at the you know executive level, if you will. So I was just trying to have conversations to understand things. He's a very um, when it comes to baseball, when it comes to even things off the field, he's he's very involved in what he does. Um, he's very you, you call them a savant. I would say he's not just a pitching savant. He does it with a lot of different things. Um, and and from that perspective, I think in the clubhouse he was kind of looked at as an oddball, but I understand that I was looked at that at some in some ways. Um, I didn't always, you know, go out and and party or or drink. I didn't, you know, like come back to the hotel and partake in any activities after games and stuff. Um, I kind of kept to myself a little bit more, so I I can understand that role. Uh, you know, as far as everything else that happened off the field, obviously it was terrible, and and he's trying to, um, you know. I don't his know, image, clear his name, get a really, job. He's I'll... trying to clear his name. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to get back into the game. Really, is what, you know, and and whether that's deserved or not, that's not my place. But um, you know, he's definitely a character that could help a team win, but is also there's going to be a lot of baggage that comes with him, and and we know that, and that's a part of it. And does any team want to take that on? I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I. I don't think you know. If I'm pulling the strings, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I wouldn't want that to be in my locker room and have my other players have to answer those questions or right. have to have him answer any of those questions. You know, throughout the course of the season. That said, you put him on the field. He's going to help you win. He is. Uh, I don't know if he's a top fifteen pitcher in you know in the world right now, but he certainly 
is capable of, of doing some good things, you know, on the mound in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I don't think he signs with the Mets or the Yankees. We've had the conversation, no. obviously, because he was physically here, and that's who's listening, Mets and Yankee fans. I think he may, if Rob Manfred, you know, lets him back in the league, he may get a one-year deal with a smaller market team. I've jokingly said maybe he goes back to Cleveland or maybe he goes back to Cincinnati, teams like that that could use pitching. But I think the the villains, the Astros, would be the ones to give him, like, a one-year $8 million deal, maybe even more than that. I just saw Imanaga got $13.5 million a year coming from Japan. I'm like, how does Bauer not get, you know, a little bit more than, than that? But, um, you know, got to ask you about the Mets before we let you go. Yeah. You're a former Met. You were on SNY. I know you're keeping a close eye on what's going on in uh, the David Stearns era. And, mm -hmm. I mean, just from last night to today, last night we get the report that the Mets have $10 million left to spend on a couple relievers. And then they're done, and it's it's January tenth. I feel like there's no reason to to even float that out. But I've been telling pe people believe half of what you see, none of what you hear. Like you know, they could be saying that that could be smoke and mirrors. So I want your opinion on the budget. I want I want to ask you about that. But then also today we saw Harrison Bader and Luis Severino introduced two former Yankees, literally from last year's terrible eighty-two and eighty season. Um, and then David Stern spoke and. You know, a lot of Mets fans are uh, upset about him saying, yeah, you know, I want or I know you guys want everybody, but like this is a process and, you know, we want you guys to be passionate, but we got to make the right decisions. It's just a clear left turn from the Steve Cohen era. We're going to buy everybody. We've got the richest owner in the sport. We're going to get a World Series in five years. So how do you feel about the $10 million and how do you feel about what, uh, you know, transpired today with the press conference with David Stearns? Yeah, look, I'm going to start by going back to, to Cohen's presser. You mentioned it a couple years ago when he took over. We want to win the championship within five years. I think he set out by hiring Buck Showalter, um, you know, by making the moves that he did, by signing guys, you know, like Scherzer, like Verlander, um, to, I mean, exorbitant amounts of money that was, uh, I mean, in my opinion, very ill-advised. Um, even at the time, I didn't get it. I didn't think it was the right thing to do. Um, I think he was shooting for exactly what he said. I think he was thinking, you know what, in the first, I'm going to say, I think he had a three-year plan. Mm -hmm. I think it was, I'm going to give Buck three years. I'm going to throw money at this problem for three years. I'm going to see if it helps us win some games and win some championships. Because you know what, if it doesn't, I'm still going to get the fans behind me. They're going to love me. So I've already won that battle. And then... If we win a championship, yay, I'm going to make money. Even though I'm spending all this money, I'll probably make more money sure. than I even spend. And then if we don't, I already have the fans. They, they're, 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 on my, they're on my back now. I got them. Like, I, I got these guys. So now I can go from there and I can take a more deliberate approach, try to you know, build up an organization. And within those three years, they were probably expecting to acquire some talent and to build up the organization from the ground up, from the minor leagues up. And I think they tried to do that. I think – they're in the process of that, and I think they just had to cut that three-year plan short because he realized during last season just throwing money at it without doing it the right way is not going to work in baseball. We've seen it happen way too many times. Toronto, you know, about 10 years ago. Miami about, I don't know, was 10, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen these teams try to buy championships. It doesn't work. So now fast forward to where we are now with David Stearns because – the reality is he, you know, Steve had to pull the shoot and say, okay, this isn't working. We got to go a different route. I think he always wanted Stearns to be the guy to lead this organization. Now he's letting Stearns pull the strings. Uh, the Mets are still going to be involved in 
big name free agents, big money free agents. This is not previous regimes where they're going to pass on guys just because it's a triple digit, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a nine, I should say a nine digit salary. Like, no, they're not going to pass on those guys, but they're going to make sure they get the right guys now. I think he learned his lesson signing guys for 40 plus million dollars a year that were, you know, past their prime. Verlander can still go out and I'm sure have a pretty good season this year, but past their prime and, and injury possibilities. And, you know, maybe guys have question marks as far as are they going to fit in the clubhouse? Maybe they have question marks as far as are they going to say the wrong thing in the media? Are they doing other things off the field? You know, they're going to do their homework and do their due diligence and make sure if they sign a big name guy, a big money guy, he's going to fit into this team and be a part of this city and do the right things. And that's what they're looking for right now. So they're just doing it a different way. They're trying to build the organization up from the bottom up and do it with the right guys. And then for this season, unfortunately, they weren't able to get the two guys that they really wanted, right? Otani and Yamamoto. Mm -hmm. They, they missed on both for whatever reason, the Dodgers got both. It wasn't about money. I think it's going to be really hard to recruit guys to come to New York City with the way that things have evolved um, as a country, as uh, a priority for players. I think yeah. it's going to be really hard to recruit people here. Hence, the Yankees trading for Juan Soto, right? Like, it's hard for them to get every free agent they want now, even though they're the Yankees. I don't think we're in that place anymore. No, the guys where don't want New York. They got to specifically exactly. want to take on the challenge of living here, playing here, and dealing with everything that comes with it. Exactly. And I think that's that's going to be more difficult than I think, you know, fans realize and fans are willing to accept. And so it's just about doing it in a different way. And I think for this year, for the 24 Mets, they, they weren't able to get their, their two big names that they wanted. And so they have to be basically content if they're going to, show restraint and be that good organization that does things the right way. Okay, let's show some restraint. Let's not just go out and get the next guy and throw big money at it and hope it solves problems. Let's wait it out. So, I mean, are they punting on 24? I, look, this team as it stands right now, to me, is not a playoff team. I, I look at even just in the division, obviously the Braves are better. I think obviously the Phillies are better. So then it comes, okay, are, are the Marlins still a better team? Maybe. I mean, they lost Solaire, but this team, if they get one more big bat, if, you know, I, who knows if they will, but their starting pitching is elite. Can they get enough out of their bullpen, enough out, enough runs scored? They might be a better team than the Mets right now. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, you go to the Central, there are some teams trying to compete out of the Central that haven't been the last few years. Obviously, the Dodgers are going to be good. The Diamondbacks look very good, and they're trying to upgrade as well. Um, this team right now just doesn't seem like – they're going to compete this year in any serious way. Could they sneak into a wild card? Sure. There's probably 12 teams right now out of the 15 in the NL that could sneak into a wild card, or, or, or could, I should say could make the playoffs. So does that mean that the Mets are really trying to win a World Series? Absolutely not. Is that a bad thing? Not necessarily. You can't just do that every year and expect to be successful. We saw it last year. It did not work. In fact, it was the opposite of that. So they're trying to go about it the right way. They need time to build it up. It didn't work this year with their two big free agents. I think they're on the right track. It's just going to take time, and unfortunately, we live in a society where you don't have time for anything. Nobody has patience. So it's going to be a tough road. They just have to stay the course. Anthony Recker on the fan right now, former Met Rec. I'm about to let you go, but, man, I cannot wait to see the Cowboys take on the Niners. Y'all whooped yes. on us last yes. time. 
I, I know uh-huh. you're, you don't have a game this week, but I know you want that too. I want to see the rematch, Dallas versus uh, 49ers in Santa Clara. I absolutely do. I absolutely do. I think we've met a couple times the last few years in the postseason. Obviously, it's gone the Niners' way. It's It's been – look, the NFL season has been awesome, um, not just because I'm a Niners fan. It's just been a – you know, it's a, some of the primetime games have been garbage. But – there are some there are some really good teams. I think the Bills are coming out of nowhere. I like the, where the Cowboys are at right now. The Eagles, obviously, not playing well is good news to me. I grew up in that area. I I can't stand Philly fans. Um, so that that's that's been great to watch. <laughs> but the Lions, the Lions are back. Like it's it's going to be fun. I think I think the NFL playoffs are going to be a lot of fun. And I I definitely cannot wait to see. I hope to see uh, Cowboys Niners in a, in a big big. Uh, NFC Championship game. Cool, Rec. I- I'll catch you in uh, One Heart's Way in, in uh, Secaucus at the MLB Network building. I'm t- I'm trying to get back in there, not so much to be on TV, but just to use the weight room. I love that gym in there. You know, I haven't even used it yet. I'm I know, I know you don't lift in there. In, I, I, in I lift in there every single time I get a chance. Kind of what, what what my problem was because you know we'll be having to get mic'd up and, and get on set, and I'm still trying to get an extra <laughs> couple reps in. <laughs> See, this is my time now. I'm in my, I'm in my, I'm in my garage right now. I got my gym. I bought it during the pandemic, so mm-hmm. you know I got everything I need. So I do it all at home. Hey, ton of respect for you as a broadcaster, former player, and and really as a dad. My my son's nine months on Saturday, and uh, I I didn't really know what type of stuff you know the the dads were dealing with. Ton of respect for you as a father as well. Thanks for joining us tonight, Anthony Record, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you, Keith. 877-337-6666. We got to break it down. Shout out to Rec. That's my guy, Mets fans. You know him. And if you watch MLB Network, you're familiar with him. And Tony Page joined us in the first hour. My guy, Xavier Scruggs, coming up next uh, in about 20, 25 minutes. So let's take a break so we can get back to your calls. Keith McPherson on the fan. Cam to Am returns right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 